Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits, the uh, the show where geeks get together to talk about God. My name's Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. Man, how are you, Mike? I feel like I'm never here anymore. I know. You know, just when we got you back, then there was like this thing you had to go off and get moved in somewhere else, and uh, everything you know, was in boxes. Like, did, did you take my name off the website yet? That's all I, I did not. Know. I did not, because basically we're on your, your server, so oh, if, I, yes, if I take your is... name off of it, we're in trouble. There is the advantages of uh, holding the purse strings. These things help. Uh, <laughs> so they may be little tiny short purse strings, but they're uh, they're there anyway. But there I go. am back, and you're right, I am moved. Um, I guess you could say I'm moved in. I mean, when are you really truly moved in? Let's see. I got married in May, and it's now going to be... Well, in my time, it's December... Yeah, right. Just, it's true. And yeah, I think maybe I'm kind of moved in now. <laughs> yeah, so we do still have. I, I counted yesterday. There's still six boxes in the garage. Oh, six that, boxes is nothing. That need to make their way into the house. But all the furniture is here. All uh, we're living here. The other house is sold. All of that is done, and uh, so we are moved in. Unfortunately, last uh, last recording session, I was. Dead in the middle of moving. I, I literally was in that position where you basically have no house. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but I'm here now. We are settled in. Uh, we are in the, the, the permanent space for the recording uh, area. Everything Everything's pretty much good to go. So, Mike, I, I know uh, Chris was there with you last week. Or last episode. It's not a weekly thing. But uh, Oh, yeah. He, how you doing? He, was, he was gunning for your job. Ah, well... You know, it, it probably isn't too hard to take, really. But, uh, so, how, how you been, man? How you? What you been up to? I haven't talked to you in a while. I am the the running gag that I have always used in response to that lately is I am very good, but I am very tired. Uh, well, well, that's good. That's that's not bad necessarily. No, uh, I will. I will assuming take it's a it short term, uh, short term process. Yes, in the short term, it's a, it's a fine and wonderful thing. It's in the long term that it gets to be a bit dodgy. Yeah, absolutely. But, Been there, done but, that. But yeah, no, uh, between... We call that the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> between putting together this lovely podcast and doing stuff with the kids at a youth group and spending time with my with my new bride and and writing a book and... <laughs> The day job. Don't forget the day job. Oh, I try to forget the day job, but it, but it keeps there, creeping it up does, on uh, me. It does take all those hours during the, the day. The people who sign my paychecks. You know it's bad when your wife has to greet you at the end of the day going, Honey, it's okay. You're you're providing for the family. <laughs> well, but uh, it seems like you're well on the way to uh, to doing other things. And uh, you mentioned you're writing a book. I think maybe... We've talked about it on the show before, but just in case, a reminder. I, I mentioned it briefly, but we didn't talk much about it. Um, for those of you who are crossover fans from Guys Can Read and Luke's other podcast, which sadly is on its way out. It's, May it rest in peace. You know, we'll have a, a moment of silence someday in the future for when it finally kicks the bucket. But, and then we'll um, go see The Hobbit. So that's not bad. We'll go see The Hobbit after we have our moment of silence. There we go. We time these things perfectly. I've I've been I've been uh, demanded of that I cannot go see The Hobbit without my wife. The first time I see that movie, my wife has to be present with me. That seems perfectly legit. My wife already I, scheduled it. You know, there there have been a couple moments lately that I've just looked at her, and all I can say is, "You have no idea how much I love you right now." <laughs> and and that was one of them. The other one was uh, on one of the other episodes that that you weren't available for. I had Chris again, and my wife was on it. And the one part where she said, I watched episode one of Star Wars, thought the other two were a waste of time, and then went back to four, five, and six. That was the other time I said, you have no idea how much I love you right now. Very nice. But going back to the the writing, uh, Kevin asked me if I would write an episode in his, his universe, in his Nicholas and Company universe, and he asked me, and you'll, you'll appreciate this, because he asked me... He goes, Perna, I want you to write this, and it's it's basically going to be the dwarves. I need you to write the dwarves. 
This and I good. said, okay, what about the dwarves? And so he gives me this whole bit about the dwarves. He goes, I wanted to have a very steampunk vibe. I go, so what you're telling me is, is that you want me to write a book about steampunk dwarves on the moon. He said, yes. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> I can do that. There's really no answer no other problem. than yes, please. When can I start? <laughs> so yeah, that is that is a huge chunk of my time on a fairly regular basis is sitting down to to write what I'm hoping will be a masterwork, and uh, I'm going to then you know spend a lot of time, much like Kevin did, just popping into different podcasts and saying, hi, buy this book. Hi, buy this book. Hey, I think you should buy this book. It makes a great gift. Nice. Nice. You know, when I you described it, uh, one of the first things that I thought about was uh, the old Dragonlance series. Of course. And there was, obviously there were the main books, right? The Chronicles. Right. But there are a ton of spinoffs, and one of my favorites that I had was a book called Kender, Gully Dwarves, and Gnomes. Yeah, I know right? it well. And it, and it was it well. a uh, it was a series of shorter stories. And I know the book you're working on is is shorter. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily a, a full on you know epic novel. And, right, it's uh, just an, an episode in the history of the world. It's not a right. epic tome. Right. It's but it's not. I think maybe one thing that people might want to wonder is it's not the history of the dwarves. It's a, I mean, it incorporates that, but it's a story about uh, some of the particular dwarves, uh, and I, I imagine it's probably the uh, the toy maker guy. But yes, Ludwig <laughs> the toy maker. For those of you who have read the series, um, he gets mentioned all throughout the the books that Kevin is has written and is currently editing and putting out in various episodes. Uh, yeah, I I looked at him and I said, Ludwig gets mentioned. He's never actually shown up in the story. Can can I please write a story about Ludwig? And he said that sounds awesome. Uh, and you know it's funny because I think back to the Dragonlance books, and as much as I love the Chronicles, it's all of those little books that that really make you a fan. You know what I mean? I would say that uh, two of my my favorite books. If I could go on forever on Dragonlance, I used to have all of them. Uh, probably among my favorite books are, one, The Legend of Huma, which is a history yep. book, uh-huh. which was one of the best Dragonlance books ever, in my opinion. And the other one was a, a kind of a spinoff from a character who really isn't in the story that long. It was uh, Kaz the Minotaur. Oh, I remember Kaz. I loved that book. I loved that book so much, but if you look back at the spot that he occupies in the Chronicles, it's like... Maybe a chapter and a half. <laughs> I actually hardly even remember it from the uh, from the chronicles. I just oh, remember he shows from... up as a deckhand on a ship. Okay, that's it. And then they wrote a whole book for his history because yeah. he's just that awesome. Yeah, well, and, and you know, that's I mean, in a way, that's how Drist comes along, and and some of the uh, the characters. Uh, from Forgotten Realms as well. You know, these were characters that were kind of in in the main story, but but now got the stories of their own. Um, you know, so maybe you never know. Maybe we're gonna get a whole uh, a whole series of Ludwig stories. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, you never know. I mean, Kevin was Kevin's pretty excited about what I'm doing right now. He also hasn't seen the the product ah, of my posh he details details. Yeah, he only he's only heard my ideas. He likes my ideas. We'll see. Because it's... I'm also trying to... Not only am I trying to maintain his story. Because I'm, I'm basically playing in his sandbox. That's what I always tell him. Yeah, I'm playing fair. in your that's sandbox. Fair. So, Kevin's writing style and my writing style, while not contradictory, really different. And so I'm trying to, like, stay within the bounds of things. But at the same point, realizing that he's writing about teenage kids and I'm writing about a grizzled old dwarf who's been through a war and I prefer the dwarf I do too yeah but I I'm this is my first venture into young young adult sci-fi so there's that fair enough fair but enough. it might mine, 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 it, mine it, 
Mine has giant robots. Hey, giant that's one. Robots. That's one thing I can promise you. This book will have giant robots. Giant robots and dwarves. Things go well together, though. If you find the giant wo- robot underground, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're no, in trouble. no, this is not good news. There will be no finding of giant robots. There will be making of giant robots. Ah, well, so you're busy. But it's a good kind of busy. It's a good kind of busy, but yeah, it's definitely busy. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me to start a new project, and I just look at them and go, no. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I'm actually just now getting to the point after, because, you know, moving sucks. And the older you get, and the bigger the family gets, and the more crap you pile up, the more moving sucks. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm just now getting to the point where I can kind of start to think about other things. But I'll tell you what, this whole moving process... It's it's really kind of uh, maybe clued me in or got me back into a, a, a type of geekiness that we hardly ever talk about on this show. Okay. And you know you know we always try to say that that as Geeks much as come we in talk all about, shapes and sizes, right, and as colors. much as we talk about your speculative fiction and your gaming and those kind of things, that we don't we don't want to just be exclusive to that. We want to say anybody who is defined by the fact that they are part of a subculture that loves something. That's a geek, and you're one of us. Yeah, geek is a broad term, and we want to be accepting of all geeks. So, I've been thinking about home theater. Ah, now all of a sudden it becomes clear. It it becomes clear, because I moved into this house. Now, here's the thing. This house has three bedrooms. My old house had five bedrooms. This is a fairly significant diminishment absolutely um and so i had to kind of figure out a way so that the the we we call it the den but the main room in the house would be less uh, of a kid zone that i feared that it could be with all of the overlap of the children's stuff that used to be in the other rooms finding its way into the place where i want to sit and read books and uh so i figured I'm going to be uh, ingenious about this and give the children their own television setup. Ah. Which they have never had before. It's a proud day in every parent's life when they can establish <laughs> the, the home theater addiction into right. their children. And so they did have a little TV before, but the problem with the little TV is it only has one HDMI in. Terrible. <laughs> and so I had to start shopping for a home theater receiver that could take the the various inputs that they were going to have. They have um, a Blu-ray player, an Apple TV, a Direct TV box, and a Wii. Uh, and so they needed something that was going to deal with all of that. And I started shopping and kind of, obviously they're kids and it's a tiny little thing and it's a playroom and I don't want to you know, spend money on the best system I could buy for, for that setup. So I'm kind of shopping around, shopping around, and I'm looking, and my wife kind of looks over at me and says, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to find a receiver for the kids' room, and you know what she said to me? Don't buy them one. Buy yourself one and give them the old one. This is why I married this woman. I'm about to say, did you then give her a big hug and a kiss and then just repeatedly say I love you? Yeah. Uh, Though, I'll tell you what, it's mostly just because she was sick and tired of the Xbox not starting uh, easily. So, uh, she she wants to play her Harry Potter, and uh, you can't stop her. Um, So, I I finally got, uh, I chose uh, an Unkyo, and uh, I've got the whole new setup going here. Uh, and it really is, it's hilarious. Like, I counted. I have six different devices, not including a computer, that can play Pandora. Wow. That's a little ridiculous. <laughs> Don't you it's think? It's ridiculous I mean, in the best of ways. It is ridiculous in the best of ways. So, But... Uh, one of the things that, that really kind of brings it up is now I've got a Wii, I've got a DirecTV, I've got a Blu-ray player, and what else do the kids have in there? That's um, an Apple TV. And I have to decide how and where and when and what they can watch on this thing. And you know what, man? It has like opened up an entire new level of fear and doom 
<laughs> in my Welcome relationship with my children. 2.0. Exactly. It's like, well, wait a minute. I leveled up here, and uh, I'm not ready for the next... I'm not ready for the next dungeon, okay? Because this is bad news. uh, It's funny that you mentioned that. The newest uh, Penny Arcade cartoon. Apparently, uh, Gabe, who in real life is named Microhulik, apparently his son is now old enough and he's on a public Minecraft server. Oh, So (laughs) the three-panel thing is him describing... How one handles themselves on the internet. The first one is basically like, don't tell anyone your real name. Don't tell anybody where you live. Don't tell anybody how old you are. You know, all this stuff in the first two panels. The third panel is just him, like, sitting over him when when the kid's asleep and just go, please don't grow up. (laughs) I'm like, oh, all the feels. Yeah, well, that's how I feel. I mean, I have girls, and so it's a little bit different, but... I, you know, that's how I feel. And uh, and the move has brought this on. Do you know what else this move has brought on? What's that? A, uh, I, I'm sinning. I'm oh, breaking, are you? I'm breaking a commandment. This is confession time? It is. I'm breaking a commandment. I'm coveting my neighbor's Christmas decorations. <laughs> of all the things to covet. I mean, Frost, it fits, right? Frosty I mean, it, on the it, front it lawn is doing it for you? And, you know, uh, I, I moved in. I moved from a neighborhood that frankly sucked, okay? Like, nobody puts up Christmas lights, nobody opens the door on Halloween. Uh, it does you know, make it easy to be a crotchety, you know, curmudgeon. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, and it also is an advantage that you can buy four bags of Halloween candy and only give away 12 pieces. And, there you go. Uh, uh, but I moved from a neighborhood that was, I don't know why it was that way, it just was, right? Into the Christmas neighborhood. Like, the neighborhood where everybody in the entire town goes on Christmas Eve to drive through and see the Christmas lights. I have lived in slash lived see, by those neighborhoods. See, I know, times. man. That That's like your people, right? So, uh, so all of a sudden, my, like, three strings of garland lights are looking a little crappy, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I kind of have to upgrade have to upgrade the Christmas lights. We got our first blow-ups this year. Oh, you got blow-ups. What are they? What are they? Did uh, you get one of the snow globe ones with the moving parts? No, no no snow globes, no moving parts yet. Uh, Rankin Bass. Uh, we've got Rudolph. We've got uh, uh, Frosty. And uh, so we figure we're going to go with the Rankin Bass theme. Uh, as hey, if you got to go anywhere, Rankin Bass is always a good way to go. We, we, were, we were going back and forth between that and Snoopy. <laughs> Because, you know, who doesn't love the Peanuts? I love the Peanuts. If you go to my Facebook page right now, I am Snoopy singing a Christmas tree. <laughs> nice. I, I once whistling, wrote a actually. Christmas he drama for church that ended up with one of the kids walking up to the podium and saying, Lights, please, before reading the passage out of Luke, much like Linus. Very nice. I actually thought about being Linus this year on Facebook, but... Uh... Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. So, so yeah, I'm definitely uh, learning how to covet the neighbors, learning how to celebrate the season with lots of lights. See, I was very fortunate in the fact that I, you know, my dad's joke when my, my younger brother was the first of us to get married, and we always used to joke, you know, we're never going to be like mom when it comes to decorating. We just can't. And then my dad's response was always, yeah, I said that once too, that I married her. <laughs> and, uh... You know, that's always been the joke. And then my my brother, my you know, my sister-in-law is not that bad. Like, she likes to decorate a lot, but it's not that bad. Suze is very nice to me. We have a Christmas tree. We have a wreath on the door. We're done. So are you happy about this? I'm very happy Are you, are you happy glad to this? be free of the Christmas lights? See, do you, here, do you here's miss the thing. The... Now, now maybe, maybe you know, someday when we get a house, we might up it a little bit. But one, we're only in an apartment now. Yeah, it's hard, hard to decorate. When it's you hard to decorate an apartment. Fair and two, as much as I loved being in my mother's house, you know, as you know, with all the Christmas and all the you know, pick holiday, insert huge amounts of decorations here, it was a nightmare every year. To bring that stuff out, put it all away, take it all out, put the other stuff in, you know, 
in buckets, make them disappear, then do the whole thing over again a couple months later. I, you know, God bless her. My mother loves it, and as it stands, apparently we have an open invitation whenever we want to go over to the house and help because she needs it. <laughs> she's losing manpower. Yeah, here. suddenly she's realizing, I had three boys, and now there's only one in the house, so what am I going to do? But, uh... But yeah, I I I really just don't. I have other things to do than decorate. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Uh, you know, especially with my fear of heights. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it is it is nice to be part of a community. Oh, I, oh yeah, and I to would see say, this thing going on around me. You don't you don't want to get egged. No, <laughs> and and as you said, you don't want to be that house. You don't want to be that house. You don't want to be like super winter wonderland houses, and then yours. Right. Like that's what's the fun in that? So what what do you have in terms of Advent traditions? We we're getting into the Advent season. I think it officially starts uh, next week, but uh, at least as we're recording. Um, but do you guys have? Uh, I mean, obviously you're newly married, but you. you just you in general. Do you have uh, maybe your church, that kind of thing? Any Advent traditions that you guys enjoy? Um, not especially. Like, it's going to be interesting. I kind of touched on last episode the fact that, you know, this will be the first holiday season where we're not just together, we're married. And right. so Suze's background is much more of a liturgical background. Oh, so okay. there's a lot more history there as far as what you do leading up to Christmas and I'm not I mean the last time I did anything liturgical was back when I was in the Catholic Church and that was basically I showed up Christmas Day because I had to put in my time that was before I actually like met Jesus um but yeah it it's we're still trying to figure out like what do we want to do like that's a big thing for us right now is figuring out what do we want to take from our past experiences, our past traditions? Right. What do we want to, you know, leave in the past? <laughs> you know, so, you know, we're still trying to figure, we're kind of in that weird middle zone where things are really cool, but at the same point, we don't know who, which, you know, everything's up in the air. We're waiting to see where it drops, basically. That's understandable. That's understandable. We, uh, we, uh, you know, it's funny because... I came out of an evangelical church, a Bible church, right? Um, and But this particular church happened to have some deep, long, back, way back there roots in the Presbyterian church. So there were still a little bit of those practices. And one of the ones that I think is probably one of the stickiest, other than communion, obviously, is Advent. And the, the, uh, the preparation over four weeks for... Uh, the celebration of Christmas. And uh, that somehow has become something we've done in our home. And, and every year it changes a little bit, especially as our kids get a little bit bigger. They, they kind of they take on a little bit more of it. And uh, and so that'll be uh, that'll be starting up here pretty quick. Um, but other than that, going over to, to Wiley's Christmas tree farm and cutting down a Christmas tree, um, you know, for the most part, we're just, uh, we're just uh, hang out build a little fire, listen to some uh, Christmas music, and uh, hang out and try to stay out of the cold. Oh, it was it was fun when we were putting up our Christmas tree. Just We, it, we all okay. of us had the... Real or Walmart? Neither. We, have, we do have a fake tree. I just refuse to go to Walmart. <laughs> okay. We actually, it's funny because we joked about it because... Uh, both of us were very adamant, like, neither one of us wanted to go Black Friday shopping. But it got to be, like, 7 o'clock at night, and Susan looked at me and she's like, it's the weekend after Thanksgiving. We should put up a Christmas tree. And I said, okay, we don't have one. Well, let's go get one. <laughs> so we went to, of all places, the Christmas tree shop. Really? The to get what? a Christmas tree. <laughs> Is this a temporary place that calls itself the Christmas tree shop? Or no, no, there's, have a there's a legit the Christmas tree shop. There's actually a chain of them. This is a big deal kind of store. And uh, it's funny because my, my mother like loves the Christmas tree shop. She like has stock in the Christmas tree shop. <laughs> 
And it's one of those places that usually I end up going to only with her, but now all of a sudden I find myself at Christmas going, we need to go to the Christmas tree shop. So what you're telling me here, I I, I have to, I, I got to back the truck up just a little bit. Okay. So what you're saying is somewhere in the vicinity of where you live, you live in New Jersey. Yes. There is a chain of Christmas only decoration stores open year-round 365 days a year. They're not just Christmas stuff. I believe when the store probably started it was. But they have all sorts of other stuff. In fact, you might appreciate one section of the stores uh, pretty much in... I've seen them in New Jersey, in Pennsylvania, and New York. And I know for a fact that in... Every one of them that I've been in, there's always the, like, a corner or a section that is devoted to, like, spices and seasonings. Okay. And it's, like, I, an entire I'm, corner of the store. So all That's those weird, crazy. like, all those weird, like, you can't find them anywhere spices that I'm sure you, as a man who is thoroughly in love with food, I can find them. for. Uh, I can find them. I'm sure you Pensies. can. Pensies.com, people. I'm sure, but you could also find them at the Christmas tree shop. <laughs> That's crazy. See, I live in California. We we don't have a Christmas tree. You don't tree. know what Christmas trees are. Hey, we grow big trees here. <laughs> We're into our trees. You cut them down, you go to jail. But <laughs> <laughs> we know trees. But it would be worth it. <laughs> uh, Daddy, how tall is our Christmas tree this year? That'd be uh, about 167 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says good times like going out to the Redwood Forest to go cut me a Christmas tree. Uh, it's just down the road. Uh, <laughs> I got a Christmas tree you can drive through. All right. So it, it is getting toward Christmas time. And, uh, you know, there is, uh, there is, I don't know, maybe uh, let's, let's go back and forth. Geeks, easy to buy for, hard to buy for. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I agree. No, I, I know that's a cop-out, but at the same I point, agree. it's so true. If you stick to the wish list, you're good to go. Oh, my goodness. I Okay, Luke, you know for a fact that you know one of my geek buttons is gaming, especially uh, sure. of the tabletop variety. So I have a list, and it's really funny because, because my list is all of these games – and the best reaction so far to the list, like my family has been shopping for me for years. <laughs> and, so, to you. <laughs> and so my family looked at me and go, oh my goodness, thank you for giving this to us. Because we had no idea where to buy this stuff for you. Susan's family. Susan gave her mother a copy of my list. And, she, <laughs> and apparently Susan's mother looked at it and go, can you She's even buy me, this stuff in stores? <laughs> Which was great because my response was no, no, you can't. The uh, I actually stumped my mom this year. Oh, did you? And you have to understand, my mom is like a Jedi Knight at Christmas <laughs> present buying. Okay, like that is her. That is her deal, right? That she, is, you know, the whole love language thing, giving gifts. That's her love language. The spiritual gift of right. Christmas giving. Uh, so, uh, and one of the hard and fast rules in the Navarro family is you will have a published wish list by Thanksgiving. Nice. You, if you don't, then you're going to get a lecture. And one of my items, uh, on the wish list this year, for the first time in my whole life, my mom literally said to me, that's weird. Huh? <laughs> So, I mean, you know who I am, and you know what I'm like, and so for the first time in my whole life, she, she decided that something on my wish list is so strange, she does not want to buy it for me. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm so curious right now. You have to share. It is a dagger. Okay. From I'm... the Bronze Age in Mesopotamia. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting for the weird part. 
that that was it. I mean, it looks like a rock essentially when you look at the thing. Yeah, but that's awesome. It is awesome, isn't it? That's amazing, <laughs> right? It's four thousand years old. It came out of the cradle of civilization, and of course, the the birthplace of God, if you will. I don't actually believe that, okay? But you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, right. You know the 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 heart of our religious tradition, and that is awesome. And my mom looked at it and went, "No, dude, that's too far." <laughs> There's the line. I've been waiting to see where I draw it, and I draw it here. <laughs> there it is. There's the line, and I have crossed it. So, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you another thing that's on my wish list. No, I I will say that every family has at least that one person. For for me, it's my aunt. Which oddly enough, this is the same aunt who set Susan and I up on our blind date. Oh, nice. So she's the reason we got together. So this is this is how quality this aunt is. Uh. The running joke is is that you can ask for anything, anything, and she will find it for you. Okay. And so one year, my brother took up the challenge. Now, this is when my brother uh, was very much into the wonderful genre of music that was gangster rap. Oh, wait a minute. You're a white boy from New Jersey. Yes. Oh, yes, I am, and so is he. And I assume that, that you come in pairs, you know. Yeah, you can, you can, you can piece that together how you will. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So my brother goes, I want a Christmas rap album, like gangster rap, and she yeah, she goes, okay. Christmas rolls around. It's actually the week before Christmas, and she goes. Hey Anthony, I've got something for you. And I and I I literally went, "No. There's no way you no." And then she produced it, a CD entitled Christmas on Death Row. Oh man. <laughs> it was it was a bunch of artists that were all signed on Death Row Records. Ah, oh, gotcha. Who all did Christmas songs. And we listened to it. It was awful. But it was exactly what he asked for. <laughs> Very nice. So, so her uh, her record hasn't been broken yet. Oh, that, I'm. Convinced you haven't found you, the line quite I'm, yet. I'm convinced if she wanted to, she could find Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> she just doesn't want to. Very well, be in New Jersey. It seems reasonable. It does seem very yeah. reasonable. <laughs> Maybe she has him already. <laughs> yeah. He he's in a collectible case in the basement. <laughs> yeah. It's in a jar. Okay, let's uh, let's change topic. This is going all sorts of creepy. Well, you know, I was I was saying what else was on my wish list, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple episodes back, I don't, maybe it was a bunch of episodes back, so I don't even remember anymore. Somebody's uh, been not on the podcast lately, so <laughs> you know, thanks. Okay, hey, well, <laughs> I had to give you some grief about it. Uh, I talked about uh, this the piece of Bible soft study software I use called Logos, which is I mean it's one of the big ones, right? It's, yeah, it's one of the big names in Bible software. And uh, I told the story about how you know I had this years and years ago, and I stopped using it because they I switched operating systems and they didn't have it for the operating system, and and now they did, and I was wishing I could use it again, and uh, it's extremely expensive. Even if you buy like the like simple version, it's still not. I mean, it's a an expensive piece of software. Because yes, which what you're is doing why is I don't own it. Right. Well, you're buying books, uh, and books are expensive. And the only time I bought it was when I was in seminary because, well, I, I literally had a budget for books at that point. And this was it. it the, and we got some crazy deal because we were at Dallas Seminary, and they got some crazy deal, and, and uh, it worked out to be less than the books I needed for that semester, right? Um, but I, I told the story of how even after all of these years, uh, I had registered with like a username and email address that I didn't even remember ever having, not to mention like what it was. And they immediately within like 10 seconds found who I was and had all of my stuff reinstated for free because they're awesome. Because they're awesome, which is rare in the Christian world. Let's be honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, but a couple weeks ago, a couple, uh, you know, maybe a month ago, they released their version five. And I got to tell you, folks, uh, it is expensive. But if you have money to spend and you are into Bible study, this is awesome. Okay, so give the the short version. I mean, 
we're not here to, to plug this okay. stuff, but so, at the same point, if it's a useful tool, we like to support telling people about useful tools. Right, and, and what I was saying earlier, the reason it's on my Christmas list is because a bunch of resources for it are now on my Christmas list. But, um, okay, so in the past, for for folks maybe who don't know or kind of don't know how this Bible study software works, or if you're wondering, well, it's just a concordance or what, um, what you're really buying is the books. In fact, they'll give you the software for free, but it's no use without any books. Right. And so back back in the day when I first had it, you, you get all these books, they're Ebooks essentially is what they are. Yeah, but it's all indexed, and so you can search all of it. And like right now, I mean, it when you just say that, you literally could just get a bunch of PDFs of the books, and you'd be able to search them with a modern computer, no problem. Um, so how do they keep ahead of that? Well, what they've started to do is they they must have research teams, and they're basically working like librarians do, right? you give them an idea, a topic. Well, this is what I'm studying. And they're bringing together like pre-set up sets of like, this is all of the good stuff that you need to know about this one topic. So, whereas before, like say you typed in, you know, Rehoboam. Well, okay, now it's going to give you every single uh, uh, reference to him in your entire library. There might be a thousand of them, right? Now, yeah. they they when you type in Rainbow, you get a like a custom window for him with all of the major, the best resources that you have about him, and it's all kind of connected and curated, if you will. And that's wow. amazing. That is really really cool. They've built in uh, every single word spoken in scripture. They will tell you who spoke it and have uh, that kind of curated uh, experience about it. Every name, every person, every place, uh, they have the most incredible biblical timeline I've ever seen. Um, it's like, I, I mean, and, and it goes from like very simple to legit, like nobody would know what this was talking about if you weren't like a serious scholar kind of stuff in this timeline. I mean, they've put such a ton of work into it, and... It's the kind of thing where, have you ever just like, just gone to Wikipedia and ended up sitting there for like four hours? Oh, if you just, start clicking all the links, then you're right. done. You can totally do this in the Bible study world with this software now. And uh, so I know this is like the second episode that I've talked about it, but I'm I'm just so high on this stuff. And uh, it is it is one of the ways I geek out. And if you geek out on scripture and you got money or you have people who love you and would like to buy you stuff for Christmas, <laughs> man, this is a really, really good way to go. Well, you know, it's it's fun when we actually can, you know, normally we end up making connections between geeky things and scripture. So if you can actually geek out on scripture, then that's a wonderful thing. And we should definitely encourage that. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, and, I, and I kind of almost wish that, you know, this it's not right for this show, and the format isn't isn't right. But you really can geek out on scripture. Oh, absolutely. However, and and I do kind of have a little caveat to say about this, because in the process of going through all of this, it was actually my friend Kevin who pointed out uh, a blog, uh, a blog post. The blog post had something like a thousand comments on it. Oh boy. And. Uh, I can only imagine the kind of blog post that gets a thousand comments. Right. Well, but here's the thing. The the, the post, it was a questioning why uh, it was a blogger saying, how come like some ridiculous 95% of you are male to his commenters and to his readers? And how come the women don't, don't leave comments? And you would think... I don't know what you might think. You might think you would get some very chauvinistic things. You, but you know what they said? Because you're a jerk. <laughs> and and the guys were willing to engage with the jerk. But the women just said, you know what? You're a jerk and I don't have time for this. I, I don't have time for this. And, uh, you know, I think that when we geek out on scripture, especially some of us, we can kind of go that way. So don't do that. <laughs> oh, I mean, 
we could spend years talking about using scripture to bully people. Heck, scripture says, please don't use this to bully people because it's not the right. way you're supposed to do it. So, I mean, it, the word itself says, don't do that. Right. <laughs> we, and- we know you're going to want to. Don't do that. You know, and it's and it's it's so hard not to. It's so hard not to decide that you have the answer. It's so hard, but at the same time, we have such incredible opportunities now that we didn't have before. You know, because of the internet, because of technology, uh, things that you know, Mike, you and I spent a lot of money and a lot of years to go to a seminary and to be in a community and to get the training we wanted to get about scripture. Oh yeah, and it was great training. But, and and I'm not saying that that's, it's fully there now, but you can get a long way toward what we got with the tools that are available to everybody. If you're willing to put God. in the time, it's the same way like you can launch your own satellite into space if you have a couple grand and a, and a desire to do it. You can get a good, solid seminary education if you're willing to put in the time and get all the resources. You know, and one thing that I've, I've just been so, it's been such a big question on my mind is why as as theologians, okay, whether you're a professional theologian or whether you're just somebody who's really geeking out on scripture, why do we got to be so angry? You know, be humble, be be willing to say, you know what, I don't know whether I'm right or not. And, uh, you know, hey, let's figure this thing out. Let's Let's dig through this. And... You know, any time that you come to a tool like this that has so many different resources, you realize, as as some of the better professors that I've ever had have said to me, we all read the same Bible. Mm-hmm. We all read the same Bible, and we all come to different answers, and, and that's okay. Well, that's, that's been a running theme that we've mentioned on this show before, the idea that there are certain pillars of the faith that you can't well, call sure. yourself a Christian if you don't believe these. But there's this whole other surrounding area of theology and discussion and ministry-related topics that lots of people come down on different different ways of doing it, different practical applications, different theological applications. And while you can definitely interact with the text, while you can definitely point out, you know, these are the reasons why I say this, it's one of those things, like, I, I'll i use an old, uh, what do I want to say, an old rule that my, my philosophy teacher had in college. Uh, my philosophy teacher, and I don't know if she made this up or if she got it from somewhere, but basically she referred to it as the smartness principle. Okay. And the smartness principle was is that she sat down and she said, now this is the, the, the typical you know, older woman who has learned everything there is to know about everything and is just really entertained by the kids in their late teens, early 20s who think they're smarter than her. Aha. Uh-huh. And she just kind of sits down, put the glasses on the end of her nose, and say, you're going to read this stuff that these philosophers have to say, and you're going to think they're stupid. You're going to think that what they say doesn't make sense. You're going to think that they're coming from completely left field. However, let it be known, the stuff that they say here cannot be disproven and has been discussed for decades, if not hundreds or thousands of years. Quite frankly, they are smarter than you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that 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 is my big thing. Like every once in a while, I just sit there and I go, "Yep, I think that person's completely off base." But at the same point, I I can't put down their argument, and I yeah, I have to deal with that. <laughs> well, and you know what though, I think it's so good because, like, I think about it right. I was a pastor for 12 years, in school for eight years, and you know what? I still wrestle with it, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I still look at the scripture and go, you know what? I might have been wrong about this. I still, you know, have to say, I have more to learn, and 
you know, you definitely do. And, and, and I know, I, I think I kind of, not maybe not seminary, but I went into Bible college. And maybe I didn't verbalize it, but in the back of my head, I said, I'm going to get to a point where I know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And we were, we were both way wrong. And, you know, then at some point, I think I got to the point where I thought, hey, I know what the answer is. And I, I now that I'm a little bit more mature and able to, to look at these things, uh, I realize, well, wait a minute, uh, there's a lot more to this than I ever thought. And that's one of the cool things that I really love about these tools. Okay, so uh, let's say you were to go to uh, maybe a Bible bookstore or your church's bookstore or a seminary bookstore. You know what? You get the tiniest little sliver of everything that's out there. Oh, yeah. So if you were to, you and I both went to Dallas Seminary, if you went to go to the Dallas Seminary bookstore, there'd be so, I mean, the place is just chock full of stuff. But, but it's, it's such mostly, a tiny... It's li- mostly books written by the guys who teach there. Right. And so it's a very tiny sliver of, not to mention the books, but a very tiny sliver of the perspectives that you can get. And the cool thing about this uh that what Logos has done is said, you know what, we're kind of given open to every perspective as long as they fit, like you said, those basic pillars. And and I, so for me, I've been able to discover so much stuff that I never knew about before. And I just love that. It's It's like, you know, walking into a comic book store, turning the corner and realizing, oh my goodness, you know, there's more than just Marvel and DC or, or whatever. Yes, and most of them are the good ones. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it's actually like, you know what it's like? It's like, you know, you just had Marvel, or you just had DC. And all of a sudden, you turn the corner and realize, oh, wait, there's another one. And then, you turn the corner and you realize, oh, wait, there's a lot more. And there's a lot more when it comes to Scripture. Oh, uh, there's... It's it's funny, because obviously, we've, we've both been studying this a while, and it's it's always entertaining when... Uh, a kid who maybe has gets their first Bible comes up to me and says, have you read this whole thing? And I go, yeah, I've had classes that at one point or another I had to read every book. And uh, they're like, so is do you ever get bored reading it just because it's the same stuff over and over again? I go, no, it's not the same stuff over and over again. And yeah. – and, you know, the the especially the, the younger the kid, the more likely their response is going to be like, "I don't, I don't get that." the The words don't change. I go, "You're right. The words don't change. My perspective on those words does." Yeah, it's it's just. I mean, it's almost. Well, it is. It's the spirit of God working. Right. I I cannot tell you how often and how thrilled I am when I read a scripture that I know I was reading. I it was uh, Genesis uh, like five the other day and I came across something went whoa I'd never seen that before how many times have I read Genesis 5 it's probably got to be a hundred right and yet I looked at it and went oh man I've missed this for the my entire time reading this I've I've not just read it I've studied it and I still missed it and you know it's because for whatever reason God decided until today you don't need to see it and now you do Right. And that's really, really cool. I enjoy that. Well, I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's really hard. Like, I have a, a guy that I work with, and he starts pointing out parts of the Bible. The parts of the Bible that we don't like to know are in there. The the parts where, I you know, I don't even you know, want to go too much into genocide it just because and, I don't want to go into the long litany of stuff. Because that's a whole episode into itself. <laughs> But yeah, um that would be an interesting episode actually. Yeah, I mean there's stuff there's stuff in there that about especially when you get Old Testament and you get into the Old Testament and you start seeing things like like I I always called it the genocide passage, the one that says if a kid, you know, mouths off to his parents, you should have that kid stoned. Right. I, well, I, if, know, if, you... if if we actually stoned a kid every time he mouthed off to their parents, you wouldn't have people. Right. <laughs> 
Well, and you know, you read essentially the entire book of Joshua and go, really? Oh, yeah. They did those things? Really? That happened? That's not pleasant. Read Judges. Yeah, well, Judges too. Judges is one of my favorite books, and at the same point, I'm just like, wow, wow really? Yeah, Judges is like... Judges is like reading the a fantasy novel in the Bible. Yeah, it is. But you know, he he looks at it and goes, "There's no way I could ever come to to faith in a book that says this." Like, there's one part where he was looking at a passage. I believe he pointed me to it was either Leviticus or Deuteronomy. It was one of those just. I'm just going to state this and move on passages of scripture. Just say, this is law, just do it. And it was basically along the lines of if a guy, if, if a guy is an indentured servant to you and you beat him, as long as the, the stick is a certain width, you can kill him. And I'm just like, dude, where does this happen? Where's this context? What's going on? What's the point? Like, why is this being said? And he's just like, I can't believe a book that doesn't start with don't own people. And I had to look at him and go, you're right. The Bible doesn't ever say don't own people. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible that says this is how slaves and masters are supposed to deal with each other. And he's like, I, I can't believe you just admitted to that. I go, I'm not hiding it. It's there. I have to deal with it. Right. But at the same point, you know, it's not just that stuff. And it's not just the, you know, lovey-dovey, Jesus is saving all of us kind of thing. It's it's when you take the entirety of scripture, the stories, the laws, the prophecies, the poetry, all of it. It's when you take all of it together that you realize that this isn't just a book. This is the inspired word of God. And I completely believe that, you know, it's funny. I've been watching a lot of Ted talks and they love to smash Christians for believing that the Bible is the word of God. I don't care. I, I do. And this is more than just a document. This is, this is the word of God. And I like the fact that it, you know, it changes me. It, it has an impact on my existence. And it's supposed to. It's the way it's supposed to be. So I love the fact that there are tools out there that help people dig into this. Because I have always been a firm believer that no matter how much time I've spent studying, no matter how much time I've spent looking over a passage that I prepare to speak on, there's plenty of room for me to be to completely miss the boat on things. So I love the fact that there are people who hear me speak who go, I, I'm going to look that up because I don't think you got that right. Hmm. Not out of spite, but out of, I want to get this right because this is the exactly. word of God. Exactly. I want to I want to know God, so I want to study this. Right. I want to get it right. Because in in pursuing truth, and, and what you've said is profound because what you said is, I believe that this is the word of God even though there are parts of it that really suck. Oh my goodness, it, yeah, I, there are parts of the Old Testament that I just like. Oh man, I wish it didn't say that. But it does, and so. But now it we does, and so out. I have to deal with that. We have to deal with it. That's the thing. I, is we have to deal with it. And when I when we say we don't have to deal with it, we don't mean we have to try to we have to try to downplay it for people no, like your friend. No, you no, never, never deny it. Never downplay the fact that it's there. That is that's foolish and wrong and. Hi, one of those pillars that I say is your interpretation of scripture. <laughs> the fact that it's it, it, it has to have value, otherwise I don't know what you're talking about. Um The big thing for me, just when it comes to scripture in general, it's you you just have to to deal with it. You have to interact with it. You have to play around with it. You have to ask questions like why, when, where, who, and all those other questions they teach us in school. And like one of the hardest ones I ever had to tangle with was, I bring up judges, 
and I think I may have mentioned this before, but I, I don't recall. And if, if I did, it's so far back that, you know, y'all can check up on my history. Um, there's a man by the name of Jephthah. And Jephthah was a judge. And Jephthah was in a battle. And he was a very prideful man. And he said, Lord, whatever, if you give me this victory, I will give you whatever's the first thing that greets me at my, at my door when I come home. And so God says, okay, he gets the victory. He goes home and his daughter is the first, per the first thing that greets him when he gets home. And I'd love to say that there's a story that, you know, this is like a, oh, look, there's a ram right there. Let's do that instead. That's not how this story ends. That's not how this one goes. You have his daughter who asks for a period of mourning. And then the story ends and you're just left to go. I wonder how that ended. I'm pretty confident it ended with Jephthah killing his daughter as a sacrifice to God. And you have to deal with the fact that that's in the text. Right. What do you do with that? You start asking questions like, why would God do something like that? Why would God allow something like that? Which is always the biggest question ever. Why would why would an all-powerful God allow something like that to happen? And, you know, sometimes I wrestle with that question. Sometimes that doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, they are hard questions. And, you know, one... That's what... That's what Bible geeks are for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and it, 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 we are to go out there and and really wrestle with those questions. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I heard you say about your friend said, I can never believe in a book that that says these things. Well, here's the thing is, while I do happen to believe the book, I don't believe in the book. I believe in God. I believe in the God who wrote it. And I believe in his son and I believe in his spirit. It, it's It's not the book itself. And it is the God behind the book. And as we pursue the book, as we even deal with the hard stuff, we are, in fact, pursuing God, and we are getting to know Him. Uh, and that's what makes things worthwhile. But, Mike, we got real heavy. Uh, but, but I think we, it was important to get heavy. Uh, we didn't get heavy in a, in a downer kind of way. We got heavy in a, this is your Bible kind of way. And I, I think that's an important thing to get heavy on. Uh, it is, but but can we can, just before we end, can I can I swing it the other direction? Always feel free. I understand you're playing XCOM. I am playing XCOM. It's so brilliant. My I it was funny because on on Black Friday there was a Steam sale, and Steam is a wonderful thing for those of you who play games on your PC. I would highly recommend it if you don't have it already. Um, and I I hop on Steam to play one other game, and it's like. Hi, look at all of our deals. And one of them was XCOM, 33% off. So I texted Susan. I go, Susan, I've been a very good boy lately, and I haven't asked for anything. Can I please, please, please buy XCOM? <laughs> and she said yes. Awesome. So how have you been playing? I did. I have played Iron Man on regular. Okay, on... so you played Iron Man. That's, that's I played bad. Iron that's Man, good. and I got through Iron Man. Okay. And I got to tell you, it took me several games to figure out what the right strategy was. What, you know, for me anyway, how, you know, when do I buy satellites versus when do I buy uh -huh. new gear? When do I? So much like you, uh, Luke, by the way, I, I got done with normal and I'm like, all right, it's classic time. Now I'm used to one or one guy maybe dying on a mission because these are hard missions. Yeah. And sometimes things happen. Right, sometimes stuff happens, happens, you just or... got to allow for it. Sometimes you get a critical that does like nine damage to a guy with four hit points. That just happens. Um, yeah, the I've done two missions on Classic, and there's only one person who has survived both. Yeah, Classic is ridiculous. You can't Iron Man Classic. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's a reason there's an achievement for Iron Man in Classic. Oh, that that would be insane it's it's ridiculous and it's ridiculous in the metagame too like the panic levels are so much higher on classic than they are in on oh regular. yeah they people start out in panic 
Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, but no, I, I, I was, I was loving XCOM. I'm not gonna lie. When I got to the end and I started having guys who could like hurt people with their minds. <laughs> like that was that was kind of awesome. You're gonna wish you went home. Oh yeah, the, the 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 chatter between my guys is like the voices in your head are telling you the truth. You're gonna die. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening? <laughs> oh, my favorite is taking uh, taking charge of the bad guys and uh, running them into their doom and stuff. And that's oh, I I sent an armored floater in to deal with like the I forget what they're. The giant, the giant like, titan things. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm just like, you distract him while I'm going to start shooting him from over here. <laughs> With my sniper. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm glad that you're playing. I, I, it's, you know, uh, if you're anything like me, you're just like, DLC, 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 you can do it. Come uh, on. I, you know, I, at the same point, I kind of don't need it. Like, I am, I'm real big on buying games that I can buy, I can play again, like, as soon as I get done with them. Yeah, you know what? I actually I'm on like my fifth game now, and it is you do run out of the uh, randomizer eventually at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you I, you have to be kind of a freak to do that, and so and uh, and you wouldn't have any experience with that now, would you, Luke? No. <laughs> well, I guess I, I'll raise my freak flag when it comes to XCOM. I can handle that. There you go. All right, man. So, uh, I'm was glad to be back. I think I should be back again for the next episode. I don't know how long it's been since I've done two episodes in a row. It's been a while there. There's been a good good chunk of time when, you know. But then again, you've also come off the worst day in history and moving and... But, uh, but hopefully now... Uh, I am back and uh, back for a while at least. Uh, in the meantime, my Calcum folks find out about you. Maybe uh, keep keep uh, up on maybe uh, the book that's coming out and uh, all the other things you do. Oh my goodness, my internet life has actually shrunk significantly. Um, I pretty much sad to say uh, I have kind of put away the Tinker archive. Mostly because no one was reading it, and it cost me money to re-up the domain. <laughs> so when no one's reading it, and it's costing me money, it's pretty much a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, you can still find me. I am all over the Game Store Profits fan page on mm, Facebook. You are. you are the Game Store Profits fan page. I pretty much am. I don't know when I claimed ownership of it, but I totally claimed ownership of it. Uh, so if you go on our fa- our Facebook page, you'll find me. Uh, I will put in this plug too. It's when this drops, it's going to be the second week in December and we are still going strong. We are now at 71 fans. I'm still pushing for the, let's get a hundred by the end of the year. I know it's going to be tight, but I have continued to say that if everybody just gets one person to become part of the community, then we double we you know who we are and that puts us way beyond a hundred. Uh, we want to do more for you guys, but we don't want it just to be our voices. We want to get you guys involved in this. Feel free to post on the Facebook page. Feel free to put stuff out there. Um, I've been very encouraged by the number of people from outside that have kind of found us and are saying cool things about us. So we want you guys to be involved. We want you guys to be, you know, be the community that that we're trying to kind of foster here. Because really, otherwise, it's just the two of us hanging out. Also, if you email us at gamestoreprofits at gmail.com, I'm the guy who answers that. And Luke, I you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I just started it because why not? Because it was fun and it's free. Um... Have you ever heard of a little bit of social media that kind of hangs out on the fringes? It's like it's like Twitter's other, you know, like cu- like other cousin uh, with Pinterest. <laughs> uh, have I heard of Pinterest? I'm married, dude. Yeah, I've heard. Of, of course, you have. Well, well, Pinterest is a really cool thing because, like, I've found myself like the running joke is that it, you know only girls are on Pinterest. Like that's a joke. Like people have commented on this on the internet. 
And I've discovered that there's a lot of cool, amazing stuff out there that it Pinterest is just literally a place where that comes together and it kind of congregates and it just hangs out waiting for people to come find it. Uh, well, I, I could definitely see the uh, steampunk world embracing Pinterest and its vibe. The, there's a whole thing called history. There's a whole history thing on Pinterest where it's just old school, like, like photoscope pictures and like newspaper clippings from like the 1920s and like earlier, like there was one thing that was like from the wild west. There was one from like the 1800s. Um, there's all sorts of cool stuff there. There's one that's literally just called geek and I could spend long, long stretches of time (laughs) in on the, the, the page of geek stuff. There's all sorts of really just awesome stuff. Like, as it stands, there's one board that I have on my own personal one that's called uh, For Our Future House, and one of them is How to Turn a Room into Narnia. Or, <laughs> like, how to how to make a closet into Narnia, where you basically have a wardrobe and you cut a hole out of the back of the wardrobe and it f- goes into another room. I want to do that, and now I know how. And I there found and I found out on Pinterest. Well, Game Store Profits, I'm going to link it on the Facebook page. We'll probably link it when we post this. It's just starting out. Like, if you have ideas for different boards that you want to see on there, like right now I think I've got, like, like stuff we talk about on the podcast and cool geeky stuff and, you know, all, right. all random generic topics. Um but I'm, I'm. It's going to be a work in progress. I'm. I'm constantly going to be looking for cool stuff. Constantly going to be looking to, uh, just throw throw content at Pinterest and see if you guys like it. Feel free to follow us on that, and feel free to contribute. I think I'm going to make. I don't know how to do it yet because I, I Pinterest is a pretty new thing for me still. But uh, if I can find out how to get you guys being able to to put stuff on there, I'm going to do that too. Just because I think. You know, why not? It's fun. That's that's the whole purpose of this social media stuff, to get people doing stuff together. Um, I believe that covers me as far as... <laughs> I, you know, I I become very focused. when I, I, I kind of got rid of the shotgun approach to the internet uh, content, but now I'm very focused. And apparently I'm all focused on Game Store Profits, so I'm liking this. Uh, Luke, how can people get in touch with you? How can they follow what you're up to? You know what? It, it's uh, it's getting harder. Let's be honest. I, I, I think I'm taking a bit of an internet sabbatical. I'm going to be back, and I'm not sure what form that is, but uh, as we kind of alluded to on the show, uh, my, my primary uh, place on the internet uh, is going away, or at least we are not going to be making any new episodes of Guys Can Read. We've got just about two more episodes uh, left to hit the air over the next couple of weeks. Actually, it might be pretty close to done by the time this episode of uh, Game Store Profits hits. So, uh, I'm taking that opportunity to uh, to kind of just quiet down and uh, maybe maybe run out the rest of the year uh, outside of the social media world, outside of the... Uh, I think, you know, that's how world. I think I got the Game Store Profits Facebook page, is that you I, just I, disappeared I that, off of it. I think there may be... Um, a little bit of uh, correlation there. Uh, <laughs> however, you can find me on the, the uh, Game Store Profits Facebook page. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Navarro. And uh, then definitely, I mean, go check out 52 Weeks of Geek. Go check out Guys Can Read. Uh, if you've never been there, there's a huge amount of geeky stuff there for you to go check out. Uh, just because we're not making new stuff doesn't mean the old stuff isn't is going anywhere. So... Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity, please do go check that out. And, and if, uh, for always, those of you who are crossover fans, if you're worried about us, we're fine. Luke and I have not had any discussions. I know Luke's been gone, but really there's no arguments here. We're still going strong. <laughs> yes, the, this this one's the fun one to make. Game, Game Store Profits is easy compared to Guys Can Read. Guys Can Read was hard. Uh, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of planning. It took a lot of logistics. Planning? What's that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is just two guys messing around. So, uh, But as always, folks, we remind you to uh, that uh, God is the Game Master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>